Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. A man is watching TV on his sofa. The characters are young and sexy. He doesn't feel young or sexy. He feels empty. In his mind, an image forms. A bowl of chocolate ice cream. He lifts the phone already in his hand and taps open an app. In just 10 minutes, the dream will come true. The milk from a cow in Vermont, sugar from Belize, cacao beans from Ghana, and then the other stuff to stop it going off, to keep it creamy and cheap. Soy lecithin from Brazil, guar gum from Pakistan, palm oil from Indonesia. All in this little tub on a shelf in a fridge in a shop. A supermarket worker grabs it, bags it and passes it to a young woman who slings it into a box and then jumps on a bike. Meanwhile, the man on the sofa watches her on a cartoon map, a little avatar pedalling like mad towards his house. In reality, the young woman is sweating and panting her way up a hill. She rounds a corner a minute away from the address, when suddenly, BAM! A boy jumps out directly in front of her, one arm stretched towards her. She veers to avoid him, narrowly missing a motorbike and smacking onto the curb. She shouts after the kid, but he's gone. She picks up her bike and limps to the front door, rings a doorbell. The man grabs a bag, barely looking her in the eye. He slumps back onto the sofa, spooning the ice cream into his body. The combination of sugar, salt and fat perfectly engineered to hit his brain like a drug. While the sad little slick of gelatinous emulsifier gum and oil crawls down his gut. Five minutes later, tub's empty. His body's confused and he feels sadder than ever. So, he picks up his phone and orders a pizza. The system. Five methods for overcoming mortality. Method two, fill the hole. I'm standing in some bar trying to get served. I feel like it's harder to get served these days. Excuse me? Excuse me? Maybe it's to do with the branded delivery service jacket lowering my social status. Or the gush on my temple. Finally, he looks at me, just sort of raises his eyebrows like, yeah, what? It pops out. Someone's trying to kill me. What? Can I get a Negroni? I sit on my own at a table in the window. I can see Steve sitting in his car outside. I give him the finger. Where was he when I needed him? He ignores me. Probably his life would be a lot easier if I was dead. I look round but no one is paying me any attention. And if I did die, how long before anyone would even notice? So naturally, I do what we all do when an uncomfortable thought pops into our heads. I get my phone out. Alerts! I brace myself. Fifteen new mentions since I last looked. What's she doing now, the stupid Spoke on her own self-righteousness. Gone into hiding. We should do her in. My cousin said she delivered him a pizza. If she came tomorrow, I'd look up in the basement. I did stop looking at all this. But now it seems someone's actually trying to kill me. I feel I should get back in the loop. But it's just the usual anonymous accounts and a few threads on obscure message boards. Once I went to Oxford, I dropped out. Then I was going to save the world like Greta Thunberg. Then I got cancelled. Now I deliver fried chicken and pokey bowls and bake cartridges to people for not very much money. 
I lived in a house with nine people, black mold and broken heating. But this morning I got kicked out. So now I'm homeless. I'm homeless and someone's trying to kill me. So I do what any sensible person would do. Drink two more Negronis and go on a dating app and arrange to meet the nearest person I find remotely attractive. In a humming server room somewhere, lights blink and fans whir as the algorithms churn with bullshit profiles and retouched photos. A guy called Reggie who works in a gym. That'll do. Sorry about my face. Someone tried to kill me. What? <laughs> I got knocked off my bike. This guy literally just jumped out in front of me. It's like the third time something like this has happened. Oh, you should get a car. A car? Yeah, you're much safer in a car. Yeah, but what about everyone else? What about them? <sighs> no, this is the problem. People feel invincible when they're in cars, like the Iron Man or something, and then they do stupid things whilst in control of what is basically a deadly weapon. He's looking at me. What? I feel like I know you from somewhere. Depends if you watched a lot of news night in Good Morning Britain and Question Time up until about six months ago. No. Well then, no. We look at each other. The gaping silence when you realise you literally can't think of anything to say to each other. We have nothing in common, which is exactly why I chose him. Have you got any drugs? A nightclub. 200 bodies. The beat. I try to focus on the movement, the other bodies, the hundreds of arms and legs moving together, waiting for that moment when we become one big throbbing creature. Then the song changes. Oh, yes, man! I have to get out of here! What happened? Oh, it's that song. What? Going, going, gone. I love it, then. Oh, it's written by an AI. Did you know that? Oh, it's awesome to work out to. Sometimes I just put it on repeat while I do legs. I benched 360 today. I don't know what that means. It means I'm smashing my targets. Right. Should we go back to yours then? I'm homeless. <laughs> You're funny. In his bedroom, their two bodies come together. Veins open. Blood flows to the heart. A rush of dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin. But somehow, it's not quite enough. There's a huge tub of protein powder on the bedside table and it's making me feel queasy. So I do what anyone would do. Pretend to have an orgasm so we can stop this. So what is that on your ankle? Like a fitness tracker? It's a monitoring tag. I'm being followed by security services. There's a guy in the car outside. What, are you like, like a terrorist or something? He looks kind of excited. This would be a story. He just banged Osama Bin Laden. Sorry to disappoint, but no. I just had a few uh, mildly inflammatory things. What does that mean? Means I was trying to save humanity from extinction and I got a bit carried away. So now I am just trying to enjoy life's sensual pleasures with people who won't judge me before we all inevitably burn or drown or murder each other for tins of beans. I reckon we'll be all right. Based on what? I don't know. Someone will invent something, won't they? Oh, they already did with that um, nuclear fusion or whatever? Mm, it won't be ready in time. The only way we could be all right is if everyone immediately and completely changed the way they live their lives and there's way too many people invested in making sure that doesn't happen. Uh, I don't know. I reckon you've just got to enjoy life. Which is exactly what I was trying to do. But now someone's literally trying to kill me. You want to get one of the um, cameras like Jeremy Vine wears on his helmet? That's what they want. They want us to be filming ourselves constantly so they can get the data and monetize it and sell more shit back to us. Who? 
All the evil capitalist billionaires. They've sucked everything else on the planet. The last thing to extract is our souls. So we just sit mindlessly scrolling on Instagram and the Daily Mail website while they suck up enough wealth to avoid the apocalypse. Yeah, I know what you need. <laughs> what? You need to unplug your mind. Check these out. He's holding a pair of glasses. I queued from 4am to get them. And even then there was like 100 people in front of me. You queued from 4am for a pair of glasses? Babe, these are the brand new Vexpex Elite. He hands them to me. Welcome to reality 2.0. What's wrong with actual reality? You can't shoot people in the street. Okay. Go on, put them on. Go on. He taps something on his phone. Welcome, Reggie. Let the journey begin. A hero's journey. Oh, whoa. And the room changes. It's sharper, brighter, shimmering somehow, and... Wait, that door wasn't there before, was it? Wait, wait. Then it opens slowly. What's going on? Watch. A figure creeps through, uh. hood pulled up, a tattooed face peering out, and in its hand, a gun. Oh, what the hell is that? A terrorist, right? Wait, point your finger like a gun. What? Look, like this, like this. He fashions my finger into a gun shape, and a pistol appears in my hand. Now shoot it. I don't want to shoot it. Well, you got to shoot it before it shoots you. But the thing is getting closer. Uh. It raises its gun. Ah! Oh my god. Ah. And it splattered against the floor and wall. I pull the glasses off. There's nothing there. Just some free weights and an overflowing washing basket. That was horrible. Sick, right? I've killed 35 already. And if you kill 100, then you're an elite hero. And then you get the chance to find Professor Kingfisher and stop the terrorists destroying the Grail Code. The Grail Code? Yeah, yeah. It's like the secret formula to all life. It's going to end death. Professor Kingfisher's the only person in the world who knows what it is. So you have to find him before they do. And then if you win, you become a billionaire and you go to space. Wow. In the game? No, in actual real life. You win a billion pounds. A lifestyle upgrade to the value of a billion dollars. Have you checked the small print on that one? Look, you get the trip to space, spending money, and you get a luxury smart house in an exclusive residential community in Scotland. Wait, look, I'll show you. He brings it up on his phone. Looping footage of green hills, forests, a castle in the background. So, look, this is it. So, you've got golf courses, fishing lakes, grouse shooting, 24-hour security. You need to keep the scum out. And you'd like it, actually, because it's actually 100% self-sufficient. It's got its own food and energy supplies, so you wouldn't even have to worry about all that climate change and whatnot. And what about the rest of us who don't get to live there? Play or get played. What does that even mean? I don't know, but it sounds good, doesn't it? What's that? It's an alarm. What for? Got to go to a funeral. At 3am? Outside, it's not just cold and dark, but fully raining. She knocks on the blacked-out window of the car parked opposite. No reply. I get my keys out of my pocket and press my face up against the blacked-out window. If you don't open up, I'm going to run this down the side of your paintwork. The locks click open. I get in. Steve doesn't look at me. Did I wake you up? <laughs> Nothing. Okay, so look, here's the thing. I need to go to my friend's funeral, and it's literally in the middle of nowhere. Yes. 
I could get a train and a cab and you could follow me at a discreet distance, but wouldn't it just be way easier and probably cheaper if you drove me? As I say this, I take his phone out of the cradle and tap the address in. Okay, here we go. Come on. He just stares straight ahead. Please. Pretty please. He starts the engine. Four hours later, she is limping as fast as she can through the dark woods. Steve missed a turning around Exeter, and now we are late. My knee, which I banged when I fell off my bike, gets more and more painful as the booze and drugs wear off. Then, suddenly there they are. Dressed in black, standing in a circle, like a weird ritual. Which I guess is what a funeral is. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh my God, get your no I join the circle, and standing across from me, there he is, my brother, my estranged half-brother, Jake. He looks different, proper grown-up. Suddenly aware of how wrongly dressed I am, so I cover up my embarrassment by talking. Apparently it was a suicide pact. A lot, which annoys him, so I do it even more. But finally, I just have to say it. I think someone's trying to kill me. And he rolls his eyes at me. I want to leave. I feel tired and dirty. I want a hot bath and a spliff. But then Coyote's mum hands us something. A fat envelope. Inside, a wooden disc. More circles with a QR code on the back. On the way back, I get enough reception to load the page. I shove in headphones. The circle symbol appears. The dot in the centre pulses, inviting her to tap it. She does, and a line spirals out to meet the outside circle. Welcome, Maya. Let the journey begin. The anti-hero's journey. The screen changes. A guy with loads of hair and a huge beard appears. It takes me a second to recognise him. Coyote. If you're watching this, it probably means something bad has happened to me. Yes. Steve glances back at me. So listen carefully to the next thing I'm going to say. Don't write it down or record it and don't do any searching online, okay? I turn the volume up to max. Go where they spill the famous ketchup upon tweed and ask the guy with the red mullet for a green lady. What? I'll say it again. Go where they spill the famous ketchup upon tweed and ask the guy with the red mullet for a green lady. Good luck. What the hell? The film cuts. I refresh the webpage, but it no longer exists, and I'm left with the world's lamest cryptic crossword clue. Hours later, the car stops in central London, and she jumps out. I take the logical next step, go into Sainsbury's, and look at ketchup. Heinz. And of course, it's obvious. How many varieties are there? 57. Upon Tweed rings a bell, but not loudly enough. So, I casually wander into the Apple Store as if browsing for a new iPad and Google it. What's upon Tweed? Berwick. Of course it is. 57 Berwick Street. That's a couple of blocks away. And there it is. Number 57, a pub called, of course, The Green Man. And there on the sign. A green face with foliage growing around it, red berries sprouting from either side of the mouth, and growing from the forehead, branches like antlers. It looks kind of sweet on this sign, but like with unicorns, you wouldn't want to see one in real life. 
Inside, the vibe is less pagan. Tourists and office workers eating loaded nachos and drinking lunchtime pints. I go up to the bar. I look at the bar staff. But no one's got a red mullet. Anyway, if in doubt. Can I get a Negroni? The TV's on a news channel. The Prime Minister's talking. This mind virus has, has penetrated all areas of our society. Our schools, our media, our politics, our borders. I sit down. On the wall opposite, another green man picture. This one's a big guy covered in leaves, brandishing a club. Hours later, still no red mullet. On the TV now, they're debating these new passive resistant oh, protests. Like An environmental campaigner comes on, someone I used to know. This government is in the pockets of big business, and this obsession with economic growth is going to kill us all. It's a total it's a fairy tale, okay? In the real world, people are already dying. And we need to. what we need to do now is we need to take back control of our industries, we need to make ecocide a crime, and we need to keep... No, look, I'm sorry, <sighs> An economist interrupts her to say something about GDP and she never gets another word in. The bartender switches the channel to golf. I drain my fourth Negroni. The pub is mostly empty, just a few afternoon alcoholics, a bald barman without a red mullet, and me. A man on the other side of the pub, clearly drunk and well into his 80s, winks at me and licks his lips. What am I doing? A tragic treasure hunt set for me by a dead conspiracy theorist this is not enjoying life's central pleasures. This is being drunk, tired and dirty in a boring pub on a Wednesday afternoon and now being hit on by a piss lechy Werther's original grandpa. And then that song comes on. I have to get out of here. Then I remember I'm still homeless. No one's returning my calls. I've either let them down or exhausted their generosity slash pity. And now it's getting cold and dark, so... Uh, hey Reggie, it's Maya from last night with the gash on my face and the ankle tag. What are you doing? I need to pick up my bike and I wondered if you wanted to hang out. Over the road, there's some guy in a denim jacket. He's looking right at me. What? He forms his hand into a gun shape. He raises it, pointing it directly at her. Bang. Go away! I pick up a bottle of vodka and head to Reggie's place. But when I get there, Someone has stolen my bike. The lock's been cut. Bastard. And then, standing on the opposite corner, a kid pointing his fingers at her. Bang. Oi! Oi! Reggie's not home, and he's not listened to my voice note or read my WhatsApps. I managed to get someone to buzz me in and sit in his doorway. My knee is killing me, so I take a swig of vodka to numb the pain. I don't know how long I'm out for, but it's getting light outside when I wake up. Reggie's standing above me, with a girl. We're standing in his flat. I am really sorry about this. Nah, don't worry about it. Kiki's cool with it. He leans in. I was actually getting quite strong threesome vibes from her. Oh. Oh. Um. Okay. Yeah. E yeah. Yeah. Cool. Two quick things, though. Can I use your bath? Do you have any weed? In the bath, I lift the pen to my mouth. The vapour travels to her lungs, down through the alveoli and into the blood. 
through the veins and into her brain to create a rush of dopamine. It's almost enough to make me forget that I somehow agreed to a threesome. Fifteen minutes later, clean and pleasantly buzzed, I step out of the bathroom and... Whoa, that is weird. What? Reggie's standing in front of me, wearing his glasses and nothing else. I was just showing Kiki the Vex specs. Then he takes them off. That's crazy. That must be a glitch. Then he puts them back on again, looking right at me. Nah, it's not supposed to do that. Do what? It's not supposed to do that to actual people. What are you talking about? I grab the glasses from him and put them on. The mirror in the bathroom is steamed up. All I can see is an indistinct shape. She wipes away the condensation with her hand, revealing a dark hood. Beneath it, a tattooed face. And flashing over her head, 50,000 points. What does it mean, 50,000 points? What the hell does that mean? It means everyone's going to be after you. And then her phone starts pinging. Play or get played. Play or get played. Did you put this on? What? Uh, I don't think so. I start to pull my clothes on. Hey, what what are you doing? Um, I have to be somewhere. I'll call you later. As she leaves the building, a small group is gathered outside. Men of all ages, pointing their fingers at her. I bang on the window of Steve's car. It opens the window a crack. It's a different Steve. Can you let me in? He shakes his head. What's going on? These guys, these guys are after me. He shrugs. So that's it. You're just, you're not gonna do anything. He shuts the window. I take out my key and run it down the side of his paintwork. I jump on a bus and call Jake over and over again until he finally picks up. Look, I'm sorry about what I said. I don't want you to get crushed by your SUV. Now, as I'm saying it, I realise how insane it sounds. He hangs up on me, and as we slow down at a bus stop, a few more lads are pointing at me. I pull out the wooden disc. It's a couple of hours till the pub opens, so I keep on the move, riding buses and keeping my head down. At lunchtime, I get the bus to Soho and run back to the green man. And there, behind the bar, a guy, 20s, with a nose piercing, tattoos, and a red mullet. Can I get a green lady, please? What's that? Green lady. A flicker in his eyes. Fear? excitement he smiles Mm. nice choice he disappears for a minute then comes back with a cocktail glass full of pale green liquid a sprig of mint floating in it here you go that's 14 pounds please really jesus it's a cocktail and you're in zone one babes Mm. i tap my phone to pay for it he passes me the receipt that's all right yeah yeah you might want to check the amount been having some problems recently with our machine. I look at the receipt. On it is scrawled, one, retrieve your gift from the cistern of women's toilets, bracket soz. Two, go somewhere safe and private. Three, wait for your next clue. And then three kisses. Oh. That all look okay. I mean, I feel like stagging the piss. Fourteen pounds. Mm. The green lady in it's a classic joke. Is that right? I'm totally worth it. Gives me a wink. Not drink. It's going to be a game-changer for you. I look at it. Bright green. A sprig of mint floating in it. I down it in one. Thirsty girl. Always. I put the empty glass in the bar and head for the toilet. Taped under the lid of the cistern, in a plastic bag, another small wooden disc with a circle symbol. I rip it out and head back onto the streets. But no matter how fast I go, I pick up more and more gamers. I double back on myself and push through them. 
real person. I tear the glasses off of one of them. A teenager, barely 15, looks at me, terrified. I push past him and run for the tube. I head south to Balham and check in to a travel lodge, the only place I can afford, locking the door behind me. Jake, it's me. Um, I booked into a hotel. I lie on the bed, trying to ignore the couple arguing in Polish next door. I watch the news about these protests. All these young people, children, basically, lying in circles. One of them has released a statement online. We are the children of the green man. We have taken a vow to dedicate our lives to the protection of the earth. We will no longer take part in a destructive social system which condemns so many species, including our own, to extinction. Clearly, these children should be in school. What we need to establish is who has planted these ideas in their impressionable young minds. You know, yet again, what we're seeing is an extremist ideology disrupting the lives of ordinary working people. There's a knock at the door. I assume it's Jake, as he's the only person who knows I'm here. I open the door, but it's not Jake. It's two people in hoodies. What? Before I can get a look at them, they're shoving me inside and shutting the door. One clasps his hand over her mouth, pulls her hands behind her back. The other reaches into her bag and pulls something out. A weapon. Large. Metal. I shut my eyes. But nothing happens. I open them a crack. And one of them crouches down, pulls up my trouser leg and cuts the tag from my ankle. The other one whispers in my ear. You've got about three minutes before they're in here looking for you. Put the jacket on. Your next clue's in the left-hand pocket. While he speaks, the other one uses the bolt cutters to smash off her phone. He scoops up the wooden disc from the pub, and then they're out the door, gently shutting it behind them. I pull on the large black coat one of them left, reaching into the pocket. A key, and an A to Z. I haven't seen one of them for a while. A page is bookmarked, an address, and a green circle on a road somewhere. It's flipping miles away. I look around at all my stuff, and step out the door. I glance at Steve parked over the road, and then walk three hours across London to the address. No one is tracking me, no security services, no creepy gamers. I'm free again. It's the middle of the night by the time I reach the address. A terraced house somewhere in West London. I collapse into a chair in the little front room. My knee is killing me. I turn a lamp on next to me. On the wall opposite, a huge diagram. Names, symbols, locations. A proper serial killer wall. And there, in the middle of it all, photo of a man, a man she knows well, and there, on the table next to her, a gun. I pick it up, feel the cold metal, the surprising weight of it in my hand. I can't lie, it feels good. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.